0: Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokov, your host, and if you are not subscribed to the podcast and videocast yet, go right now to gemmasgem.substack.com. Today, we have the honor of having Corel Richards joining us she is a dynamic and creative individual with a wealth of knowledge and experience, having worked in multiple service industries in the last 14 years. One of the biggest lessons she learned in those years was the importance of mental health and how unhealed trauma can keep you stuck and away from the life you've dreamt of. In 2021, after completing her training with Marisa Pierre, she became to become a hypnotherapist and a rapid transformational therapy practitioner rtt she founded the company in divine time transformational services her mission is to help clients with complex childhood trauma break down barriers and release unhealthy habits and patterns to rediscover freedom and peace of mind she is known as the anxiety expert amongst her peers and she has, as she has successfully empowered her clients to overcome crippling anxiety, she works to empower female professionals and entrepreneurs to create work-life harmony without feeling guilty. Having lived a life filled with adventures, her philosophy is, The world is your playground. Why wait for retirement to enjoy the life you have now? Start by envisioning the life you have today, you want today, and start living it. Her goal is to get you excited about life again by empowering you with a fresh perspective. And today we are talking about how to deal with complex PTSD, with anxiety, and still live the life of your dream. <laughs> Thank you so so much, Corel. It's, it's such an honor to have you here today. Thank you for being with us.
1: Absolutely, I'm here to, to share whatever story I need to share today to help someone free themselves from something that has been crippling them for such a long time. Definitely. So let us
0: know, Corel. Imagine that the audience does not know you yet and would like to have a few of your. Stories that allows them to connect with you at a deep heart level.
1: I'd be happy to share it. And I think my story is very similar to a lot of people in the sense where I was given a lot of opportunities. I will gladly and respectfully say to my parents that I'm grateful for the experiences and the opportunities that you've provided to me in terms of finances. The one thing I will say, unfortunately, is that my emotional needs were neglected. And for someone so sensitive as myself, that, in a sense, predisposed me to a lot of the abuse mentally, physically, that I've experienced through my entire lifetime, because it taught me, it actually helped wire my mind to believe that certain behaviors are acceptable, because one, my outer environment basically mirrored to me what I was already thinking or what I was experiencing. So what I mean by that, it's, you never really know that what your experience is, is not okay, because what you're seeing on the outside with other people is the same thing. So you're like, okay, well, this is just how the world is because everyone is experiencing that. And in Jamaica, that was my experience. So a lot of people may have looked at me as having you know, a better life because I was financially taken care of. However, because I was so sensitive as a kid, my parents not being there in present really affected me. Um, The way that I interpreted life, the way that I saw life, the way that I experienced life wasn't necessarily what was true, but that's just how, as a kid, you see the world as an extension of you. And eventually, when you see and experience certain things without it being explained to you, you, you give it a, a meaning that may not be true, but it's a meaning non- nonetheless that the mind will accept. And it actually allows for you to view the world that, that, in that way moving forward. So take, for instance, you know, uh, my my dad decided to leave when I was about two years old for a better life, right? And so he'd send money back home, but I was so connected to my father. My father was everything to me. And so one day he was there and the next day he wasn't. And there was no explanation that was given to me, two-year-old Carell. So I interpreted that ultimately that there was something wrong with me and he left. He left because there was something wrong with me. And in essence, I felt rejected. And for a very long time, rejection was something that was an outcome for most situations for me. So if I didn't get something that I wanted, it felt like a rejection. So that's basically an example of how your vision is impaired, you know, based on one one experience. And after a while, it became multiple experiences because the very same thing happened with my mom. So it became a pattern. And you know, with kids, if it's a pattern, it now becomes uh, what is the norm. And so for me, I just thought the norm was rejection. And I it, unconsciously, I went out in search of people that would, circumstances that would, in essence, give me that outcome of feeling rejected. And um, yeah, it, it left me very much predisposed to toxic relationships, people that were unavailable emotionally, um, because that was my norm. So if someone would come to me and you know, wanted to be a part of my life consistently, that I would push away because it felt unfamiliar, right? But what felt familiar to me was people that were distant, people that were unavailable. And if your mind automatically will gear towards something that is familiar versus that of unfamiliarity. So I found myself in very toxic relationships, not necessarily because of the other partner, but because me, myself, I was unavailable emotionally because I wasn't necessarily given those tools to be emotionally available because it's not something that was modeled to me.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. And, and it's real. When yeah. you feel neglected, when you have emotionally unavailable parents and you grow up with that, you Take that as granted, and as that's, that's normal, they will never be available. I am not good enough to be loved, so I don't yeah. even understand what I'm, I'm doing here.
1: Yeah, you create a lot of stories to feel, to fit that rhetoric, that narrative, because that's the only thing that makes sense. I must not be enough. I must not be good. I must be guilty of something. I must have done something wrong for them not to be around. And the older me knows today that that's a different story. But that two-year-old version of me had not the slightest clue. And it's almost like what I did was to imprint on my life that this is how it's going to be forever. Until I decided that it was time, after being a part of, I don't even know if I'd call it a relationship, a situationship, whatever we call it these days that I recognize that one, my needs were not being met. You know, I felt so unhappy. His needs were being met, of course, because I was sitting in a role of being a people pleaser. So I did everything for him and I forgot about myself. And in turn, I rejected myself. So I wasn't showing up in the relationship the way that I wanted to show up. And as a result of that, I wasn't getting what I needed. And We call it toxicity and it's so easy for us to point the finger to the other person for what they're not doing to meet our needs. And the truth is, I never really communicated what I needed because I was so busy focusing on what he needed that I completely forgot about myself. And that's when the resentment kicks in. And that's when you get angry. And that's when you, you blow up and you start saying all these things that you probably should have said before you know, because that's the communication that is needed in healthy communi- in healthy relationships that wasn't happening before. And it took it happening to me a third time because this was the third relationship that I was in that I recognized that, look, this can't be everybody else all the time. I'm picking these partners. Why do I keep picking these partners? And it was realizing that I was the one Also, that was emotionally unavailable and I can only take responsibility for my actions. And that's where the healing started when I finally sat in accepting that I had a role in my own demise and in sitting in that, I broke down for months. (laughs) My friends couldn't understand what was going on with me because for a very long time, I've always been the person that's been stoic. You know, I have it all together. Nothing bothers me, but they never really see what's happening on the inside because I wasn't really tapped in or connected to that part of me. And eventually it, I kicked the bucket, (laughs) you know, everything just poured out and it just would not stop. I would just be crying. And it's so bad that even today when I speak about it, I can't recall some of the days of me crying because it's almost like I dissociated because it, it, it was so devastating, so devastating. And I had to accept that even though, you know, I was predisposed to these habits, these patterns, these behaviors, it is now my responsibility as the adult version of me who's no longer dependent on parents who Rightfully so, it was their responsibility to to nurture me, to love me, to protect me. I now have to take on that role because that is my responsibility. And the healing started from there.
0: So understanding that the healing started from there is that you had to understand that you are the one responsible for your own well-being, Yeah. So do you consider that that is a shift moment or did you experience something major that forced you to make that decision?
1: Yes. uh, A death in the family. My my cousin, I was really close to her. And one day she was here and the next minute she was gone. And I remember telling her that I would because she was back in Jamaica. And I remember telling her I would come back to see her the next time. And safe to say the next time never came. And it was in that moment that I, <sighs> it was in that moment that the tears, like I think that was the first time that I actually legitimately started to cry, to mourn, to grieve. And in grieving, grieving does something to you, man. It, it forces you to see you, right? And in seeing me, I was like, I can't continue to live my life like this. You know, my life is is my responsibility. The way that I want to live is my responsibility. You know, I can't wait for someone to place something at my feet, you know, in order for me to get it. I have to go out for it. I have to show up. And I wasn't showing up as me, you know, showing up for sure, but not showing up as me. To get the things that I needed. So, um, in that moment, I was like, and it's something I've always kind of, in, in a sense, feared death. So, when it happened, I was like, oh man, so is this what the end is gonna feel like for me where, you know, I'm just not gonna have accomplished my purpose? You know, it's just, I'm here today and I'm gone tomorrow and nothing added. And something just clicked and I decided it was time.
0: It was time. I so much relate to what you share. Thank you for being authentically you, for going into that moment in time. For everyone, it's a different moment, but something major happens. And that matters. And that is what I call the shift between suffering your life Feeling that you are just reacting to realizing that you are in control. Yeah. And that's something. Yeah, I was something just tired, f-
1: tired of surviving,
0: mm-hmm. in a sense.
1: I was really mm-hmm. just tired of surviving, meaning survival mode. Survival mode gets you only so far. At certain points in your life, you can thrive. It's, it's your right to thrive, it's your right to strive surviving is just the first, This it's the first notch, it's the first level, you know, there's so much more above that, beyond that, and that was it for me, I, I was tired of just surviving.
0: Totally understand, totally yeah. understand, that's amazing, so I guess my third question will really Go about how to deal with complex PTSD, C-PTSD, because you have gone through some serious neglect, some serious your, your need not met, yeah. and very likely through some serious trauma as well. Yeah. So you did develop complex PTSD, and you are dealing with that condition. Pretty good, pretty well. And the question is, imagine in the audience another Corel who is there. <laughs> Corel, tell me, what do you do to deal with complex PTSD? It's a serious, embarrassing, <laughs> shameful feeling because you do not understand yourself when it happens. You do not understand what you are going through. That
1: Tell us. First, um, I wouldn't describe it the way that you described it um that's the first thing because once you describe it as shameful you know and just weird whatever however you describe it it's not gonna allow for you to move through it because the only way out is through it right so it's accepting the first thing is accepting it and loving that part of you because all it needs is love to show up and give you exactly what you need because The truth is a lot lot of people are experiencing CPTSD and they don't know it. You know, I didn't know I had it until I got to Canada um, because the noise around me was no longer there. You know, I live in a very quiet area and people just, they they do their own thing. They mind their own business. They're not necessarily projecting or scapegoating you. They are genuinely just living their own lives. So it allowed for me to now hear my own thoughts. And you know, do my best to regulate my own emotions when it happens. And I think that's the struggle for most people that have CPTSD. It's the emotional dysregulation that comes with it is it's almost like you're re-traumatizing yourself every time, you know? Um, that level of powerlessness that you have, hopelessness, it it's a lot to deal with, but it's possible right and it starts with kindness it starts with loving and accepting that this is something that you have and that it takes one step at a time day by day for you to get through it and also having support you know you it's impossible for me to do this on my own without a great support system you know people that understand that when you are dysregulated that you're not trying to be harmful you're not trying to be disrespectful You are genuinely just trying to process what's happening in that moment. You know, you may say something that is, you know, harmful, but your intention isn't to harm. It's just that you don't really know how to. And it's not to give yourself an excuse. It's genuinely just being compassionate to the fact that this is something that wasn't necessarily your fault, but you're taking responsibility to respond differently. And it's not gonna happen overnight. The first time it might happen again. The second time, it might, and it's just slowly but surely in loving those parts and being compassionate, you're able to to see things and connect certain dots and recognize what part of you that you call your personality is connected to a coping mechanism that CPTSD leaves you with, right? Because the reason that it's here is because we felt unsafe in this world, and these are things that we had to do, the the control, you know, um, the shutting down, the wanting to be isolated because being isolated is the safest that you feel. That might sound true at the times that you feel what you're feeling, but the truth is we're communal people and we need each other, right? And th- the best way to get this to work for you is to be honest about it and to be transparent about it with whoever it is. And it's not to trauma dump it really isn't (laughs) you know because everybody else has their own stuff going on too and it's understanding that you have to also be mindful of others it's not being you know self-centered and thinking everything is about you because the truth is that's how we got here is because we had nurturers that were self-centered and couldn't think about or needs because one it wasn't modeled to them and two they were also in survival mode and were doing just the best that they could. So it's not to shift blame. It's just honestly to understand what was happening is that traumatized people raise traumatized people. So it's just our time to take on what we can when we can, as best as we can. I think your answer is
0: amazing. It contains love. Acceptance, kindness, compassion, taking your time to slow down and accept it and let it be, sit with it. I mean, it's so much more beautiful than the feeling that is overwhelming you at that moment in time. And you meet pain with love so that the pain actually dissipates.
1: Yeah. You're giving yourself what you needed in the moment that it was rooted in you. That first instance where you were neglected, it's giving you what you needed in that moment. Someone to love you, someone to accept you, someone to be compassionate towards you, because that's really all you needed.
0: So how did you come to meet Marisa Peer and how did you learn RTT?
1: Uh, Marissa Pierre came in at a moment that I knew her the most. I was on my own personal development journey, as I am always on my own personal development journey, you know, and I joined Mind Valley, and I've always been a speaker, you know, as much as I was silenced when I was younger, I, I developed speaking and it's always been my gift and I, I don't think I ever lost it. So I was signed up to be a part of Lisa Nichols speaking workshop. And I, I was at a point in my life where I still was a bit fearful of what would come from me speaking and being seen and being heard. Because for a very long time, like I said, I was told to be seen and not heard. So um, a part of me held me back and wasn't ready to jump right into it right away. So I decided I wanted to do another workshop and lo and behold, it was Marissa Pierce' uncompromised life, and it felt fitting to to get into it. And of course, me being as different as I always am, <laughs> she mentioned hypnotherapy, and I was like, "Hypnotherapy—that's what pulls me in." And I've been to therapy before, but it was traditional talk therapy, and that wouldn't—I wouldn't say that worked for me. It gave me what I needed to hear, but it didn't really help me because talking about the pain doesn't heal the pain, in all honesty. It's the rewiring of it. And because, like I said, with CPTSD, your mind or, or your brain is wired a certain way to see the world. And it's not necessarily connected with what reality is at times. So with hypnotherapy, that is the epitome of... Rewiring, because you get to speak to the subconscious mind, which is what is actually running your life. Um, you get to to one communicate with where that trauma started. Ah, uh, you then get to re- reframe it, so you get that understanding, and in getting that understanding, it gives you power, right? And that power you can use to then reframe, change the perspective, because what we would have seen as a kid. May have been perceived as something being wrong with me, but the truth is it had nothing to do with you. But because we we see the world as an extension of ourselves, we automatically attach to say, okay, I did something wrong. So it's giving a different perspective of what that actual scene was. And it's it's the perception is what we're is actually causing the harm to us today. So in reframing that perception, we then allow for you to create better beliefs, beliefs that are actually in congruence with who you are today. And that's basically where the healing starts. And we get to release all of those murky, mucky beliefs that have been keeping us stuck. And you get, you even get the opportunity to say what you needed to say to your parents. You know, you get the chance to say what you needed to say or what you would have wanted to hear as a kid. You know, say at two, what would I have wanted my parent to do differently? And you get to actually hear that, right? Because I think that's the most powerful part is you have the voice that you never had back then because you didn't have the words at two, right? So you get the chance to say what you would have wanted to say then in in a session. And then we then get the chance to add new beliefs and the transformation starts from there because you know it takes 21 days to build a habit and that's where the recording comes in where you listen to it consistently. So it helps to rewire your brain to see things differently. I mean, thank you.
0: You're it, welcome. Is true. it is true. All that you say is true. I have experienced it all. And this is how I went about my own healing journey. Because 15 years of domestic violence, we didn't put down rape with two different stories, two different partners. Yeah. That has left big, trauma and a subconscious mind that was running on victim mindset yeah. and calling in other situation of abuse because yeah. it was just the only thing I knew and I was familiar with.
1: Yeah.
0: Because 21 days passed a lot of times in 15 years.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Just get up one day and just expect that it's just going to, it's unrealistic. And the one thing that I want people to understand is this isn't hopes and dreams. We're doing our best to be realistic with what we have in front of us, right? To get up and expect that you, at the blink of an eye or a snap of a finger, CPTSD is just going to be gone. It's not realistic. It took years of neglect, years of abuse to, to have that instilled in you. It's going to require patience and compassion to be able to manage and navigate life with it. Absolutely.
0: So, did you meet Marisa Pierre in person? Was she in a live um, in a live group with you on Zoom, or
1: how was that? I haven't gotten the chance to meet yet her yet in person, but who knows next month I might, cause she will be here in Vancouver in October. Um, but for the most part, it was, uh, it was a virtual classroom. So everything was virtual. Of course it was around the time that COVID was happening. So there was no chance we were going to meet each other. <laughs> so yeah, everything was virtual. But, um, she, when I got to, uh, experience a workshop with uncompromised on, on, on life and then subsequently signing up to do the, the course. It was divine timing. It was something that I needed. And it was just something that my guys just kind of told me, this is where you're supposed to go. And of course, the ego mind comes in, do you want to spend that much money? <laughs> but I'm like, it's worth it. It's worth it. The healing for myself and the healing that I can provide to other people and I, I, I question myself when I, when I say the healing that I provide to other people because I don't provide healing. I facilitate the healing. I just provide you with a safe space for you to do the work because I can't do anything without your information, right? We, we all haven't had the same experiences. They may be similar, but this is your moment to reconcile with the things that you've experienced and no longer look at it from a space of pain, but from a space of power because you've experienced these things for a reason. And I mean, we would have preferred not to, I'm going to be honest with you. We would have preferred not to experience these things, but the fact is we can't change the past, but we can change how we interpret it, how we perceive it from a space of power instead of from a space of pain. So.
0: That perfectly answers my question. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. All right. You have called your company in divine time time. (laughs) because there is T-H-Y-M-E instead of T-I-M-E. So there is something going on here. Tell us about that gorgeous (laughs) (laughs) differentiation I will
1: talk I, I always have a play on words. On, it's, it's a fortunate gift of mine. I'm, I'm a creative. I can't help myself. Um, so instead of just saying time, I switched it up to spell T-H-Y-M-E because I'm really good at cooking. And um, I'll tell you the backstory behind the name nonetheless. In Divine Time for me is synonymous with my journey. Everything that I've ever needed, everything that I've ever wanted has come to me. You know, I've attracted it. and uh, I mean, you. I'm sure m- many of your listeners, miss, listeners may be fully aware of the law of attraction, you know. And for me, in just sitting in myself and being authentic to who I am and listening to my own thoughts and not really, con- I won't say I won't consider. I'll consider the idea that there may be another possibility, but I listen to my gut. I listen to my gut. And in listening to my gut things have worked out for me in a way that i would have preferred it not to you know if if it was any different i don't know if i would be having this conversation with you you know and looking from the outside in a lot of people may have said well i would have preferred not to go, have gone through that and i'm like yeah i get that but if i never went through a particular situation then i wouldn't have had my gift that i have today right where I get it with CPTSD you're very hypervigilant you know you you walk into the world just in perpetual fear but you can turn that fear into love you can turn that hypervigilance into a gift and my gift is that I can see and you know observe anything can shift in front of me and I know it's by the blink of an eye I can see that something has shifted so when I'm having sessions with my with my clients I know when I ask a question that has triggered them or has, you know, invoked a a certain emotion, like I can pick up on those things. And granted that came from a space of trauma, but it's now a gift for me. And you can do the same thing with your trauma, you know, no longer having it have control over you, but you, you know, having control over it. And um, in turning it into a gift, I was like, okay, well, here we are. In divine time, everything for me happens in divine time. My friends have seen it. They're like, they don't understand why or how some certain things happen for me. And I'm like, it's trusting my intuition. It's trusting my gut and it's listening. And I don't listen all the time. Best believe (laughs) I don't. But there are certain times that I do and it sets me down a trajectory, a path of where I need to be. And then I get the tools that I need. And then I get the resources that I need and then I meet people that you know give me those resources, and I meet people that carry me along my path even more. And I'm grateful for that. You know, it's moving from a space of disempowerment to empowerment is what got me to in divine time.
0: It's truly, truly beautiful. So now we know Corel Richards in <laughs> Divine Time. Corel C A U R E L. Richards with the S at the end in divine time, T H Y M E. Okay, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Think about the herb.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's absolutely awesome. I'm beyond grateful to have you on the show, beyond grateful that you share with us such important, actionable, steps and tools to deal with complex PTSD. And, uh, and indeed, it does not touch only veterans. It touch anybody who has gone through multiple trauma in their lives. Yeah. And it's a real thing it that is. has to be addressed and healed.
1: Yeah. If you If you notice that you have a pattern of behavior, a habit of behavior, just look into it a little bit, you know, dig a little bit deeper into it. It it doesn't have to be your personality. And I know it's the first thing, oh, that's just how I am. I like to be alone. You know, I like to do this. But why do you like doing these things? You know, is it connected to your authenticity? Is it or is it a coping mechanism? It's just questioning yourself. And in questioning yourself, it's not saying that you're fake. It's just you being attuned to yourself, right? Because as a as a people pleaser or once was known as a people pleaser, you are so attuned to everybody else that you forgot to be attuned to yourself. So it's your opportunity to just be in tune with you and to get to know you again. It's it's an adventure. If you look at it like that, it's an adventure to get to know yourself again. Right. Because you lost out on that opportunity and that's OK. It's just getting back to this this place where you are genuinely just ready to see who shows up, you know, and just love those parts of you. Because all it ever needed was love. And you no longer need another person to love those parts of you. You really just need to start loving those parts of yourself first. And by extension, other people will just genuinely gravitate to loving that part of you. Because you've just shown up as your authentic self.
0: Authenticity. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Corel, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for everything you are. It's a blessing. And indeed, you have a gift about speaking. Definitely, you do. I confirm.
1: <laughs> thank it's you. a real pleasure. I am so happy to be here um, to just share my thoughts, my inner world with you. Um, and hopefully it did give you what you needed i.e. the listener, um, to to take that first step or second step, you know, depending on where you are in your journey. uh, It's worth it because you are worth it.
0: You definitely are worth it. All right. So look forward to hearing from you again and continuing this journey with you. Thank you, (laughs) Corel.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Bye-bye for now.
1: All right, take care.